Welcome to Legit Bat. Again, we have a probably a great show. I'm not going to talk it up too much, but we got uh, Dan from the Cosmic Keys podcast and Chance from Interverse. Gra- glad to have these two together because I didn't realize they were familiar with each other and they just did a show together the other day. So it's great timing to have We've them. We've hung out in real life. Oh, shit. Yeah, this yeah, photo. We hung out with Dan in real life. We got the opportunity to meet Dan. I didn't even know him before that. And we uh, shared beers and, you know. Yeah. Do you live in Colorado too? Not in real life, just somewhere else. Uh, I live in Missouri, actually. Oh, huh. Well, eh. okay. It's not that far away. <laughs> I don't really know the Midwest, but it's like a twelve-hour drive from Denver, where I'm at. Oh, so that's not that bad. It's doable. Yeah, I'll be visiting Colorado again. So many homies out there. Yeah, yeah we would have known. We would have invited you. We went to, to the out, Garden dude. of the Gods. Me and Dan did. Oh, yeah, nice. I saw his band play live. That's awesome. Well, start it. We'll That's start cool. out with a chance here. Just introduce yourself and your show and what you do, and then uh, kick kick it over to Dan, and we'll get this thing going. All right. So I do kind of a lot of stuff, but my main thing is Interverse Podcast, which I think you put in the title here: Cosmic Keys to the Interverse. Goes well together. Nice pairing. I know. We uh, get into just deep two-hour dives on particular subjects with usually a one-on-one between me and the guest, you know, your standard higher side chats slash maybe more heady, wookish, artsy, <laughs> than just conspiritual, conspirituality, like it's, it's pretty artsy. We do Vibrant on Wednesday nights and that's a live show. So that's my second show that's on the same YouTube channel and Rockfin channel. Uh, I also do some like divination stuff few videos a month on that where it's like a group divination with tarot cards and I Ching. Those are super lit. Like they usually reflect the astrology, even though I can't do that on purpose. I'm just drawing random cards. Uh, I do divination one-on-one with people as a service. And I also do sound healing. I call it aura technician stuff where using tuning forks and I can do it remotely. Usually do we get in there and rebalance your energy on your electrical bioplasma aura, whatever word you want to use for it. A lot of words, but that's awesome. We were just talking about that kind of shit the other day, the yeah, frequency stuff. That's amazing. We're definitely down with that. The frequency healing that's been pushed under the rug by pharmaceutical companies probably works better than any medicine on earth. Yeah, because really everything in our body is a reflection of a mental emotional state first. But I want to give Dan his introduction time. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like, oh, we're talking about sound healing. Let me just go for 30 minutes without stopping. So be careful. Well, yeah, um, my name's Dan. I'm from the Cosmic Keys podcast. Um, My show started off as like doing like tarot and astrology and kind of being like, woo, occults, spooky, new age, spiritual stuff. then I moved to Colorado in 2020 and 2020 unfolded. 
then my former co-host was who was the tarot reader um stepped away so it kind of became my show then i wanted to talk about conspiracy in relation to current events because it's happening like day by day and so now i kind of have like a conspiracy friendly um astrology and spiritual type show um and that's all I can really think about. I met you guys in Denver when you when you guys were out here, so that was a cool connection. And Joe, your your technique to stream through Zoom saved my ass because I was having major trouble. So appreciate oh, that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he had the same trouble I did with OBS. I'm like, dude, just stream through Zoom for fuck nine it. months straight. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty great to figure well, out. Chance, you're on. You use Streamyard too, and I've considered that as well. Yeah, it works really, really great. Actually, I'm uh, way more of a fan of it because you can do producery shit. Like, yeah, like when we when I was on your show, it was like, like pop up quote from like YouTube or something. I was like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't do it with Rockfin, but it'd be badass if they integrate. I can do it with YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, that kind of stuff. Show the comments. That's the Streamyard thing. It's yeah, it's worth checking out if you want to get a little more flashy. But you know, if you're just here for the the chats and all that stuff is not gravy on top. I like the aesthetic side of things. I always make you know wild graphics and glitchy art and uh, kaleidoscopic psychedelic visualizers with music for outros on shows. So yeah, I would love. Yeah, I'm all about the packaging. I love doing the whole graphics thing, but the OBS thing just did not work for us. It just kept taking a shit. And I'm like, I, it's ruining the show because it keeps taking a dump half. Dude, I straight up quit podcasting yeah. partially because of that. <laughs> just guys, just, you know, become bite the bullet, pay the $20 a month to, uh, <laughs> you're already paying zoom at least 15 a month to have two of us on at the same time for more than 40 minutes. So just like, yeah. screw that, do 20 bucks to Streamyard. get, like up to 10 people on screen at once, no time limits. It, it does it all. It's really easy. Enough. Uh, uh, maybe is that enough. an ad for streaming? I was going to say, no. this show. <laughs> well, I was about to say, enough. We're just talk, this is what happens with, when four podcasters get together, they just start talking to inside baseball. We had a bad experience yeah. with StreamYard. We had we did a podcast with someone who was using StreamYard, and it was terrible. But it was probably because our internet sucked. Also, it could we have been had the to free get version too. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we didn't even. I have never even looked into StreamYard. Have you? No, I think I we just thought it, it sucked. Bit. And now that you're talking about it, I'm like, ooh, that sounds really cool. We no, might have to do that. I think I was fucking with the free version. You guys want a demo like, while we're on here? I'll just screen share it and we'll. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll do that after the show. <laughs> do they pay you? They pay me every time I do. No, I pay them way too much. I would rather not pay them, but still, you know. It's the name of the game with this shit. But yeah, we always, every time we have other podcasters on, it's like uh, we have to have a quick, you know, inside baseball of podcasting because I got to pick everyone's brain and it just happens. A lot of our listeners want to start their own shows too. So I think it helps a little bit. They can hear some the trials and tribulations of starting your own podcast and then get a head start. Yeah. yeah. If you guys, if anybody, uh, any podcasters out there have uh, questions, feel free to hit me up. I will know exactly shit, but I will, <laughs> I will tell you what we I can do tell now. you all the negative things that have happened. But let's move on In from this shop way. talk. Yeah. 
So I, you could hire me. Like I would uh, maybe just do it as a service if you want to get like coached, but you know, it's never been easier. <laughs> well, everything's easier now, now that we've done it for a year and a half. I'm like, I kind of have a basic grasp of shit, still stuff like, you know, the mic and all that stuff, but we figure it out as we go. Half yeah. the time, the audio sounds like shit, but no, See, Kaylee in the chat is uh, taking notes. Cause you know, she's going to be doing more broadcast stuff. I bet. Oh, nice. He's also a badass astrologer. Shout out Kaylee. She's yeah. part of the Interverse fam. Heck yeah, that's Sweet. cool. So tell me some more about this, uh, this especially long range uh, frequency healing. How does that work? Because if it's based on frequency, does does your body feel it all the way from across the country? Yeah, because you're how does hearing that work? it. No, it doesn't have to. It's the sound that goes into. Oh, it's through. Sorry, the mic. I'll let okay, you gotcha. talk. Actually, go ahead, Chance. My you mind. know what? It doesn't even need the like. I've done it with people. We weren't on the phone together. Ooh. Yeah. So it ha it actually works on the principle of like non-locality that everything's consciousness is non-local everything is connected and separation is a major illusion of our perception so if you have the right agreements with the other person about the fact that it's like permitted to do it and the intention behind it then uh, and they set the time to let themselves feel the energy and the mindset shift even if we're not on the phone then it definitely works. And it's basically like helping somebody figure out what parts of themselves are not communicating in their body to other parts of their body energetically. So once that occurs, and I'm just there, they're like scanning for that and cluing their body into where that disconnect is so that it just writes itself. And then once everything is communicating with itself properly again, then they experience a um, epiphany mindset shift uh whatever the case may be there's like an investment in the process because it's not something for free so that's why i believe healing actually is good to put a price tag on it's good for both the person doing the practice and for the one receiving it because you both take it way more seriously and uh you know there's this energetic exchange and that's just part of how nature works there's no such thing as a free lunch in nature so with healing practices like we have this energetic investment going on. We have made a contract between our higher self, each of our higher selves or souls or whatever you want to call that. And even called in like spirit guides and guardians, ancestor energies. And then I do the tune up, which is working on the principle that your biofield, your aura has an anatomy to it that is actually distinct and similar from person to person. Like when you have an emotional trauma or some kind of hang up that you are hiding from yourself that you don't want to face, it usually gets pushed off to the left or to the right of your energy field. And it's somewhere in your bubble space, the six foot, you know, social distancing, that range is somewhere in your personal energy bubble. And then where it's at on the left or right, and then like how high up and how far out, all of that gives information about what actually the issue is when it happened and maybe even like what type of people it pertained to especially on the terms of like mom and dad because that's where usually the first line of uh fucked upness comes in is from ancestor energies that are unhealed we all inherit that so using the forks i just scan basically i play the tone and i scan through or sweep through their arc field but i'm using like a massage table with a bunch of heady crystals laid out on it <laughs> and that's their body. And I'm like, 
imagining or connecting to their body as if it was on the table and they were really there. They're laying down and receiving it. Hey, Kaylee is in the chat. She says, can confirm. Even if you can't hear it, it still works because you so are the how healer. Did, how did you learn all of this? Where did you figure out that you could do this? Or did you uh, try it? Or? No, I kind of self-taught, but I read a book by Eileen Day McCusick called Electric Body, Electric Health, which also I read her first book, Tuning the Human Biofield, and she basically innovated this idea. It's not like 100% original in the sense that, not to knock her, she's amazing, but, but the idea of like how the biofield was structured is also very similar to a conception of the chakras from Vedic tradition. Uh, with her experience using tuning forks in her massage practice, she figured out that there were common areas of resistance in the person's space near their body off to the left and right. And that started cluing her in psychically to like what the issue was. And that's how it works for me too. When I hit a certain place that where like the tone of the fork runs out faster, or maybe uh, I just get an impression that jumps into my mind, that's part of the psychic aspect of it. And it's like really the the tools themselves are almost like just a, a charade that you play so that you give yourself permission to have these superpowers of psychic abilities and to heal your own like, body energetically, like which we all have these abilities. Yeah. Like candles and incense, like triggers, that kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. But then in the case of the tones, they are coherent frequencies that generate because it's sound it's also electricity and light all those things are the same thing on different uh levels of the spectrum of perception so that's why like when there's lightning you see a flash of light and you hear the thunder but it's the same thing that happened so yeah. with the forks the tone that you hear even though you can't see it because it's at a different range than what your eyes can see that sound is also light so you are pushing light through the ether you're generating you're enlightening their cells of their body, especially when you use a weighted tuning fork um, on the physical body that can have more dramatic like injury repair potential. Whereas what I do is more like working with their psychic space and um, still though, it can actually deal, it can still alleviate like actual pain and issues. It's one of those things where because the individual is having an individualized experience that only you know, that only they are creating the healing, but you're just giving them an opportunity to see it yeah. and then their body does it. So what I could actually say is possible for an individual on the healing side, I can't say anything because it's going to be different for everybody. I don't know what it'll be, but I do get reports of like, you know, actual pain relief sometimes. Other times it will be more on a further out in their in their personal fractal, like I might get in there and there's an issue with something between them and their mother. And that's what the forks reveal from when they're young. And then they tell me like a week later, oh, my mom called me out of the blue for the first time in a year. And she told me she loved me and she was sorry for some shit from a long time ago. And like, I can't make like make a prediction that something like that will happen from a sound healing. And you can't correlate or prove from one to one that that's the case. But everybody involved feels like it's doing something effective and I wouldn't want to be involved with it otherwise. So I kind of taught myself like after a, reading her books and I had a history of like Reiki style energy healing, also self-taught just kind of emerged out of my normal, like woo type lifestyle. 
Yeah. And it's almost it sounds almost like the the what they call the placebo effect, you know, where they're like, "Oh, it's actually nothing. It's just your brain doing it." And every time they say that, I'm like, "Well, it still worked though." And that's kind of kind of Yeah, the pl- calling it placebo doesn't mean you solved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a word. It still fucking worked, right? So, yeah, but yeah, the exactly. power of the brain is so strong. So if you think they're the power of the mind, your own self, if you think something's going to work, I think you can make it work. And it doesn't mean that thing worked. You healed yourself. You yeah. Know? And that people don't want to hear that because that's not, you know, standard Western medicine or anything really to say that yeah. you can heal yourself. No, 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 no. Big pharma has to do that. You got to stick this sharp yeah. thing in you to heal. That you. shit's free. They don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan, how, how does this fit into your area of expertise with astrology and all that shit? Do you ever delve into the, the frequency of stuff or is it specifically the movement of the sky clock as we would call it? That's a very, that's a hard question to answer. Cause like, it's all like it's all frequency man but <laughs> that's like actually true and like with astrology all you are really doing is measuring um it is a kind of a frequency it's like the music of the spheres um that's i'm just like pondering that cuz that's a really deep thing just being like frequency frequency vibration tone hertz it's all like Pythagorean and like um, mathematical and stuff. But like, yeah, if you were to ask me like how astrology kind of works, I think it is, it's just kind of measuring divine timing with these like celestial bodies, which move at a predictable measurable speed. Like that's how, when you flip open an ephemeris, which like tells you, where each planet is at any given day that's because like over time humans have been able to measure the speeds of the planets and that's math and like every planet is moving at a different speed and is like a different mass out there whatever the fuck they really are yeah. they're, they're moving at a at a mathematical exact predictable speed so that's kind of because music is just basically like numbers um and the planets moving is just numbers in the way that it's like time the measurement of time so i I does that answer the question it's kind of like a big you think that people's astrological sign really matters do you think there's an energy that comes through people at the certain time or day or year that they're born that gives them the traits that an astrological sign would give someone? Do you know what causes that to be a thing? I've, I've no freaking clue um, <laughs> how it works. All I know is like, there's logic to it. There's, there's logic and harmony and math in the Zodiac and the planets, you know? Um, the Zodiac is based off the, the four seasons of the year and basically the 12 months of the year. Um, and the symbolism of each sign of the Zodiac, you pull from that time of year. So like Aries is the first day of spring. It's a fire sign, it's ramming forward because at that time of the year, when the days get longer, all of a sudden you're like a freaking ram. <laughs> and so like each, each sign is just a symbol of that time of 
Uh oh, you froze. Um, do you hear well, me now? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, you're back. Hey, hey, you're back. Sorry. Um, but basically, like to sum up astrology, like most people think of like twelve different characters you can be, and then when your birthday determines that you're one of twelve. But in reality, everybody is all 12 and you should not think about it as like 12 bullet points. You should think of it as a 360 degree wheel with 12 equal sections and everything that comes from that is just math and geometry. And so the Zodiac and this planets are constantly changing day by day, minute by minute. And the chart is just like a snapshot of the, the moment of birth. So your birth chart stays with you for your whole life. And when you come into this world, when you take in your first breath, the astrologer like judges the snapshot of the sky symbolically. So you just basically, you look at the whole wheel. So that's why I'm saying everybody is all 12 signs. Um, but you look at the whole wheel and you kind of take the planets placements in which signs what in their relations to each other and kind of draw a conclusion about the person and their their fate and their destiny and where they fit in this whole like 360 degree universe um could that be and there's like a million ways of... to apply that but basically the zodiac is this, this the heavens are constantly moving and changing and when you take a snapshot of something that's its birth chart and that's its that the birth chart doesn't change it's the map for its existence so you can like a company has a birth chart a podcast has a birth chart so everything when it comes to be you just freeze the sky above you and say what was happening at that moment and then that tells the story of that thing's existence going forward because you take the solid chart and then the the current chart, which is like happening above. So the current chart's moving, moving, moving. And then at a certain point, boom, your chart that doesn't change gets like activated and the planets are hitting you in a specific way. And then the astrologer like draws conclusions of that. So astrologers are basically just reading charts, comparing charts, trying to follow patterns. And it's still like super mysterious. I don't know how the fuck it works. I doubt it all the time. I'm skeptical of it, but learning the symbolism is like the prize. Like once you know, once you understand all of the aspects of the, the chart, you and the, the zodiac, you kind of understand basic things organized in this this symbolic way. So yeah, so it's kind of just rambling. It, no, point. it sounds kind of the same yeah. as Chance saying that. Uh, it's kind of more of a psychic thing because I, I, what I was going to ask is, is it, could it be considered a little bit subjective, you know, per oh, the yeah. astrologer, like they could look at the same chart and come up with two totally different fucking things. Just the same way chance could look at tarot cards and the exact same spread with somebody else would read probably wildly different. So it's more of like a yeah. feeling between who you're reading for than the actual cards or the stars. 100%. Like, in all of these occult arts, there's kind of like a um, like a left brain, logical, measurable, 
machine thing going on, like in tarot or the I Ching. It's laid out. Yeah, it's laid out. There's numbers to it. There's structure to it. But the the right brain side of things that is just creative and interpretive, there could be a million different meanings to to like a tarot card or a chart or anything esoteric like that. So you have to like exercise both sides of your brain, like the poetic side and then the mathematic side. And um, like my astrology is one, I'm biased. Like I see things through my lens. So when I'm reading astrology, I'll be like, yeah, the fucking new world order is fucking us in the ass tomorrow doing this. And then like a woke astrologer will be like, you know, this planet represents pronouns or like gender. Or something. <laughs> Everybody will, will have their bias. And that's why it's an art. Like Mercury is about the fluidity of genders. That's why I just showed the, the lover's card. Because it shows a wait, that's not right. It shows a man and a woman distinctly. Well, know, astrology is hella gendered too. Every sign has an element or a feminine or masculine. Mercury is kind of androgynous, but the basis of astrology is like using the four elements, and then the, there's two feminine elements, water and earth, and two masculine elements, uh, fire and air. And that's very important to understand. But when people are just like, there's no such thing as gender, but I'm an occultist tarot astrologer. I'm just like, you're probably going to suck at it or whatever. You're probably going to just, you know, have you're your- going to put your own filter on top of everything you read. Yeah. And it's going to be worthless. Yeah. Because you got to get yourself out of the way do. and just if be like, okay, it is what it is with divination. With, with divination, you want to actually try to go for- objective it's why my favorite time to read someone cards is uh if i've literally never talked to them before and i know nothing about them that's when it's most fun because when i already kind of know them and i'm like well <laughs> this means you need to quit fucking drinking <laughs> you know <laughs> like whatever it is uh, and i know i know their their shit or I, like you know you're kind of an energy vampire on your your boyfriend you know this is you're wrecking the king all of that is uh also coming through the lens of like me knowing them right so whenever it's completely completely uh, like me trying to just be objective read the the augury <laughs> if you will and then it still hits then you know that there's something going on there are you telling us you're about to do a, a live reading on air oh i could i want to continue on this conversation of like what is going on with the concept of astrology because yeah. I love everything dancing about it, but I don't want to cut off his flow of explanation either. I have well, some stuff. One up. idea that did come to mind when, when you were talking, Chance, it, which I wanted to emphasize, is these, these things are arts. It's art. So, you know, to do what you're doing with your style of divination took structured study of learning definitions and stuff. It takes time and effort to like develop that as with like any art or any artist, but then you put your own personal bias slash style on it and then you turn it into your version of it. So like, and these things are meant to be like that. They're, they're symbols. Like you can't contain a symbol. You could like try to put borders around it, but it's kind of like infinite. So I'm just seeing it as like, a, an art, and B, with any art, 
you can call yourself an artist and just make shit up and throw shit at the wall, which is quite popular, but like it's a craft too. So you get better with it with effort and time, but it's still your, it's your creation and you're, you're expressing it in your own unique way. So it's really like studying astrology or divination or anything is the same thing as like trying to be an artist like you're basically you have to put in the work and but it it's your style i guess is i feel like it's more than an artist though it almost seems like it's a a healer or a, a shaman or a doctor of the ancient times it's important it's i'm not saying art isn't important but it it seems like it's something that's healing that has a, a power that's stronger than just art i don't mean to shit on art or anything like that I don't no no I, uh, that's a great I just, point i think cause... it's it's more of like a, a dot it's it's something that nowadays we not we but people have to go to school for and study and pay tons of money and then uh spew out solutions that don't really solve anything whereas this is it is it's beautiful so it does seem like it's an art form but it it's more healing to me than what a a doctor of of our new age you know would it's have almost to like offer. The, the combination like dan was saying it's a combination of both sides it's the artistic and the logical side and that's fucking hard to do because most people live by one or the other like doctors are very right is that right brain very right brain side just very brain. science logical oh is that left brain so yeah, right brain the... so creative okay so it that's seems like more of like a combination us. of both of them you kind of have to know the symbols and know what they mean but also use your other side to interpret well it's, it's kind of like arts and sciences because like even like the liberal arts come from like esoteric things in the beginning can you repeat but, um, what you just said sorry you yeah i i agree it's not just sorry it was um just like arts and sciences because there's like a scientific approach to it you know using those tuning forks, you need to know the, the frequency that you're sending out so that you're sending out, you know, so there is, there's like a method to it all, but the art part of it is a little bit more of that, like right brained infinity. Feeling and knowing. Yeah. And I think you need also it's making it up as you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh that's the art side of it. <laughs> That's what like the real healing arts you're, you're actually what makes it a healing art is that you're doing something logical as in maybe applying a certain treatment or herb, what have you, but you're also making up the treatment as you go too. like you're deciding the protocol rather like if you're really the healer rather than just getting the script from insurance company that says, hey, this is how you deal with this situation and this is what we'll pay and you're just following like at that point you're just following orders so there is no art to it anymore really yeah but i don't feel like you're making it up if you know it if it's a knowing it's not really like you're just making it up like that sounds like you're pulling it out of thin air and i think in our world in our society the way that we live our lives maybe not everybody but a lot of people just take what they read and take what they you know have been taught and that's what they know so it's like like a recipe you're just following directions you're not feeling and thinking and doing and that doesn't make it wrong. It doesn't mean you're making it up, though. You still know it. The universe taught it to you. You're just doing it in a different way, you know? Well, yeah. And what I mean by that is, 
when you say doing it in a different way, you're making it your own. That's what I mean by making it up. You're, you're what makes you the artist is that you've got a unique constellation yeah. of skills and ideas and information that's different from anybody else because you've autodidactically taught yourself many things. And then because the whole process, if it's authentic and in flow is connecting to source energy, the real, like, you know, the ether, the God, what have you, then that actually the creator or the creative force itself, the creative aspect of the universe is because it's creator, it's imagination. It's making all this up. Like this whole experience of life. They say it's life is like but cooking. a dream. Like you said, yeah. following a recipe. That's how I feel like how I cook, where I can look at a pantry and be like, I have this, this, and this. I'm going to do some shit with this. And that's how I do it. it. <laughs> yeah. It helps so, to like, you have a general idea of some this. rules, but then you, you know, work around the rules. Right. Exactly. In the rules. Yeah, I just thought that's why just throwing shit against the wall without knowing anything about the forms of art, it just is, you know, garbage modern art. But if the right artist who knows how to do everything like proper, they throw shit against the wall, at least they know what the shit is and they can make some kind of a statement with it. <laughs> what were you about to say, Dan? I think the cooking thing is actually on point because like, even if you go to like a new age bookstore, lots of those books, I would just be like, those are cookbooks. Like whether it's like, I don't know, like yoga poses or meditation, it'll be like step one, step two. So like, I don't know if you're if you're doing these like healing arts to whatever they are you probably do freaking buy things that are like cookbooks and and just like a chef like okay you have to like follow instructions and figure out the correct way to make something but then say you know you're in a kitchen and you have x amount of ingredients you have to make something up on the spot like the special of the day that's right. when you know you're just impro improvising and kind of just taking that knowledge but um yeah you have to take what you've learned and make something out of it like joe just as an example i thought i was a good cook but i followed recipes and joe has this knowledge from years ago and one day he opened our cabinets and said oh, and he just looked in the cabinets no <laughs> cookbook was around he said i'm gonna make cinnamon buns and i was like oh i I don't even know what to do about that. Like I looked in there and I was like, do we even have all of the ingredients for that? And then I was like, oh, I don't fucking even know how to even start that. So, and he just made them no recipe, nothing. And they were perfect, but he already had the knowledge in his head. So he knew how to do the basic, you know, the basic spell of making a fucking cinnamon bun. So he could create that without, without having to look at a recipe because he already had the knowledge. He trained himself. Same That's a perfect idea. example actually, because I'm great at improvising in the kitchen, but I have no baking background with which to improvise. So That's I wouldn't just animal. be able to turn yeah. things into cinnamon buns. Yeah, it's a different animal. Yeah, I don't fuck with yeast. <laughs> Joe likes to make bread as soon as I clean the kitchen. That's oh yeah, just a... I, I go in there and just toss, start tossing flour everywhere like, <laughs> fuck them. That is, that is kind of what happens. Bread is ready, don't forget all about the mess. <laughs> So what yeah, about, that's my idea. That's, what about Joe and Jen? What are your sun signs or even like sun, moon, rising? I'm Scorpio. She's Aquarius. Yeah, we're not a good love match according to the astrological books. But oh, yeah. That's, actually, see, just so going by sun signs gives you nothing, though. No, I know. But my natal chart. So I, I looked into astrology a bunch when I was younger. So I do know a bunch about it. Most of my natal chart is Virgo which is really interesting because it's pretty much, it's not the opposite, Leo's the opposite of Aquarius, but Virgo is the 
psychological opposite of Aquarius. Aquarius is like free spirit. I'll do anything. I don't give a yeah. fuck about anybody. And Virgo is like, I do math all day. I'm very calculated. I'm very focused. I focus on work and that's all I do. So that's like the, the personality traits of Aquarius and Virgo are so different. And I'm Aquarius and Virgo like through and through. And I'm not an up and down person or anything, but I, I have a lot. I think there's like three of the of the 12 houses are in Virgo. Uh, my moon sign is Pisces, which is really weird. And then- um, Pisces, so you were born, oh wait, sorry, you're Aquarius sun. Because mm -hmm. Pisces is the opposite of Virgo. So like, there is like that duality between those two signs because they're like six months apart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what like Aquarius and Leo are six months apart. That's the, yeah. the astrological opposite. I have a couple, it might even be four of the houses that are in Virgo. I don't know, but most of me is like super calculating, but then my sun sign, which is supposedly the strongest is like the free spirited Aquarius. So I'm just a fucking weirdo. I don't know. So real quick, just to interject real quick, uh, any word in the chat says, how do we know? Oh, the stupid chat. How do we know what months the signs are actually? Aren't the months all wrong? Great fucking point. Like, mm. are we going by Gregorian calendar here? Or are you guys going by the Julian? What's going on here? Can I tackle that? Yeah. So Dan basically already answered it, but now this isn't everyone's agreement about astrology, especially people that follow sidereal, which would be, or Vedic, which actually takes into account what's literally in what spot in the sky right now. Whereas tropical or Western astrology, there's a, a delineation of 12 equal houses uh, from the ecliptic. And because astrology is a conceptual system and it is man-made and we've assigned ideas and concepts to these constellations that are only meant to represent what actually happens in nature with the seasons, then it doesn't really matter in my opinion, where the shift has happened or what calendar you're using because the vernal equinox is the vernal equinox. It is what it is. The energy of that time has the qualities alchemically or in the hero's journey or whatever version of the, the one story that is every story, whether it's in the sky or in the scriptures or on a Hollywood screen, <laughs> at the vernal equinox, that is what it is. And so, I mean, that's my way to answer that question. I don't want to be like dogmatic because I think that there's value in sidereal astrology too. It's worth looking at both. Uh, maybe this is just my personal take, but I kind of think events in the world often seem to take uh, more a sidereal flow in terms of like what's actually happening in geopolitical or big social movements oftentimes reflects sidereal astrology really well. But I think a being's personal, like like personality, does come through more on tropical more clearly as a system. That's just me. But I wanted to talk about that, like generally. Um, and I don't want to just bogart the mic, but I've got some ideas about like this this cycle that we're talking about mathematically to share. Continue, sir. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, any word though also says if it's based on birth, does birth really matter? I've heard people claim conception is of more importance. Uh, obviously, like both are important, but I think with the moment the, you came through the portal, <laughs> the vagina portal, that's like a, it seems to be significant. But yeah, you're still, you didn't just begin existing at the moment that you were born. And that's part of what gets everyone trapped in the whole legal matrix is 
the you know the artificial cut on your timeline that says this is when you begin your life as a slave citizen and your real origin is divine or unknowable just like the divine in the sense that even if you knew the date of your conception which i happen to know the date i was conceived uh it's awkward because my dad uh, my dad's birthday is nine months earlier than mine exactly <laughs> so i was like a birthday sex. that's funny i was gonna say you'd be hard pressed to know at the exact <laughs> point that your dad fucked your mom and got made you but and then you, also the fertilization moment like you might even know when they fucked but uh, uh, but you wouldn't know exactly when you know the spark happened of the fertilization unless you had some like biosensing nanobot cameras in the <laughs> ovaries or whatever so <laughs> that's like the point but of that is the, regression like, into your own sperm i'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, just say it's when you take your first breath so take yeah. that for what it is i guess for astrology you mean well they just say like you know the they say when you take your first breath <gasps> is like when the birth chart initiates, I guess. Oh, when that starts. Okay. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Cause like, as far as consciousness goes, my daughter was doing crazy shit when I was pregnant very long time ago, but she was sucking her thumb in utero and moving around and doing all this stuff that seemed like she was very alive and awake, just in a weird space. And then I gave birth and she was doing the same stuff, but just in a different space. So it's interesting to think yeah, about yeah. when consciousness actually starts. Yeah, like the key is that you, we didn't never begin or end, in my opinion. Never ending, never beginning. What do you think happens when we die? Oh, oh I don't know. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's a good question. You don't know. Uh, you know, the, no show goes on. You don't the show goes on. Actually, okay, if I had to put a guess on it i think the whole thing we're doing right now is actually the dream of an embryonic phase of a being that we're all the cells of in that one being potentially and that actually all of the people in our life are really just an extension of the same thing that we are which is this being that is incubating or in an embryonic phase and then it's born when we die so a death is actually like jumping through another portal of a vagina into the next experience of a different dimension of scale of life that is yeah and then I mean, it, and then once you're there you that is a womb too and it's just like womb hopping basically womb and womb hopping. womb it means womb means matrix by the way or matrix oh. means womb really? womb, womb hopping i love in that in what language Ma <laughs> matrix means womb in the actual meaning of the word before it got that's what, like this is a random thing but like the earth element like you think of like the cube like that's a feminine thing like earth physicality is actually feminine so womb matrix and even like saturn like there's like feminine aspects of saturn even though when you think of the planet saturn it's like the time like the matrix like the um I'm saying these ideas because I'm reading this book by Nick Hinton called the Saturn time cube matrix. Oh, I love that dude. And yeah, it's really interesting because they're like being physical, like women bring physicality to, or they offer that to like souls, like souls need women to come to this physical place. So like earth 
earth and the matrix is inherently like feminine so So you're saying women are basically pagans that are offering up sacrifices to the gods (laughs) there is that there's that aspect of it but uh but no just made the fact that matrix means womb you know and like in what language uh chance are you the one that brought that up first what language is that that womb means means matrix i want to say it's latin or greek i can quickly yeah, google that i don't want to give the wrong info oh i don't care we give the wrong <laughs> info all the time people can google themselves <laughs> you can go google yourself yeah it's latin though because i mean mater is where we get matter which just goes further into dan's oh. point that the material is matronly or feminine so Ma- mater mother it's a- exactly the german mater is a word that refers to the like the mother or the feminine in all kinds of languages that's what i call my mom ma Ma. so matrix says an environment or material in which something develops a surrounding medium or structure Hmm. yeah so it it gets applied to mathematics as well but originally the origin of the word in latin meant a breeding female and then further went into english as a a womb so but, i mean i would take that i could see that being a womb an environment in which something develops like an embryo or fetus sounds I mean, like the uterus to me yeah it could be mathematical but it could be like as well astrology um this all relates to astrology because when we're talking about this matrix we're in it works like clockwork like the planets move like clockwork so that is almost to say when you're studying the planet's movement, you're trying to like conceptualize the move, like the movement of time and sort of fate and destiny in this matrix. Cause astrology really points to like most of your life is fated. More of it is fate than in your actual control. So when you think of this matrix, like up in the heavens, there's these celestial bodies just turning and moving and then when they align certain things happen but the matrix idea to me applies to astrology even just like when you come in and you take your first breath and your birth chart is set that's like your programming like you're you can't change your birth chart and you can't change your fate so you're just like in the matrix in the program and astrology can kind of point to like more of your purpose in life and like what did you come here with what are your strengths and weaknesses? Where are you heading? How old are you going to be when you hit certain milestones? And it's different with every single charts because it's the chart is always changing. Everybody's totally unique. Um, so yeah, it's a real I think though, it doesn't necessarily lock you into a fate because the advantage of astrology would be if you were really adept and you knew that there was a time a big shift time coming on a certain year related to a certain thing and that it could manifest as in your health or in your career or something like that it actually gives you the possibility of getting ahead of the wave and making a choice to make a change before nature just forces it on you in some (laughs) kind of an ugly and messy way so it's uh knowing yourself more clearly gives you more free will choice Whereas, you know, if you don't control your own mind, someone else will. And definitely the, uh, the AI overlord has got your chart. <laughs> They've got it. You know, they know when you were born. Yeah. I like how you uh, referred to it as like the, what we've 
called the sky clock, but I think of the stars as like gears. They all seem to be turning at the same, like you said earlier, they're, it's something you can, why can I fucking speak? It's something you can predict. Like we know where the stars are going to be tomorrow. We know where Mars is going to be, you know, as far as we're told. So how does that work that they've been on the same tracks for apparently thousands of years when we're hurtling through space? I'm not trying to get all flat earthy on you, but seriously, how does that work? How are we seeing? The oh, same I don't thing? believe that. I don't believe anything about what we're told about the cosmos from the controllers. It makes yeah, absolutely I mean, zero. Actually, can I quote I my friend's book on this? Actually, yeah, please uh, do. So, like, basically, for thousands of years, the this is a quote from uh, July's End by Dylan Sicosio, where he says, uh, <laughs> "It means that you do not live on a spinning globe." that's whirling through an infinite universe as it's being dragged by a sun through a galaxy that's traveling millions of miles per hour because the heavens would always look different if this were the case. And these astronomical observations encoded in allegories from thousands of years ago would not still be applicable to today's skies, but the constellations are in the same formation. So the allegories are still applicable. They are ever reliable year after year, century after century, millennia after millennia, and are nothing less than a divine calendar and an astrological clock. Exactly. That it's like That's the uh, it's like a mobile. around Polaris. It, what is if that you... thing? Is that a baby thing? A mobile that like spins mobile. around? Like, mobile <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's how I think of the stars. It's just spinning around on a flat, solitary, flat. It doesn't plane. matter whether we're on a round Earth or a flat. It doesn't really matter. I don't care either way. But right. the way that we spin around Polaris, the way that they have uh, the what's it called? The camera where they it's like. Oh, the time lapse shit. Yeah, time yeah. lapse, and it shows just a circle around Polaris every time. We're just spinning yeah. in a circle just around that every time, every day. Well, the so thing with like we move and there's seasons and things change, but not really that much. I want to say something about your Virgo -y Aquarius I'm, I'm config too, just oh. that like, or like your your Scorpio Aquarius sun sign config. Sorry, like. One thing that I learned from Kaylee in the chat really well, because she has done a bunch of chart reading for me, is that uh, what is often described as bad compatibility in astrology is uh, not necessarily bad, but there could be challenges. And so there's things like squares between people's charts or in their personal chart. And some astrologers that are fatalistic will look at that and be like, that's why this sucks. But a more enlightened astrologer is going to be always showing you where you have options instead of limitations. So they'll look at the square and they'll say, okay, this is not going to be something that comes easy, but if you take action on this particular hurdle or challenge, there will be great potential for change and results and the, you know, exercising of your free will choice. So if you had like no squares between you and a romantic partner at all, that might actually be worse than if everything was uh blank or if you like i mean sorry if you had everything blank and no hard aspects i should say it would be probably worse than if you had all uh bad aspects like the bad aspects give you if you really want to make things work well with that person on a friendship or partnership you can take like and you know the astrological hard squares then you'll realize Oh, the reason I don't want to talk about this issue with them is because we have a square in this form of communication or in this element of life. And because I know that, 
I also know that if I take action on that, that they will, they're thinking the same thing too, but also afraid to talk about it for whatever reason. And it'll, instead of getting us stuck, it will bond us. Like instead of being stuck, you bond. It's kind of the same word, but means different thing in this case. You bond oh, over the, the challenge. That's awesome because yeah, you have to do that. If once there's, if there are no hurdles, then you'll never really get to know each other, I guess. Once you know each other at your, not necessarily worst, but you, you have to have some sort of negative interaction so you can see the other person in a different way and just see them at all levels of their life and you get to know them the best. I think I that's that. why things like that where, you know, there's the typical astrological, oh, these signs don't mix well. And then people literally base their life off. I don't know a lot of people like who that. base That's their. No, not a lot. Yeah, I do not. But, no, like but, I, anytime I hear people say like, "Oh, they told me this is bad," I'm like, throw that idea out the window because yeah. we're just talking about your son. Your two, your both of you have a birth chart, and um, you know, one, one has a son in Scorpio and one has a son in Aquarius. Those do make a square, but squares, like in relationships, squares are like a spark it's like sexy it's 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 kind of there's a clash that is a creative clash you know it's like eros and and thanos or thanatos whatever like uh the eroticism of danger <laughs> well but if you we remember to... that next time we uh remodel our next bathroom oh yeah it clashed quite a bit i was like all right are we gonna get it divorced or are we gonna get a new bathroom let's do this shit <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the basic level like you're I'm a fixed sign heavy person too and like your uh Scorpio and Aquarius are both fixed Aquarius is fixed air and Scorpio is fixed water air is a masculine mental element water is a feminine emotional, emotional. element so just looking at your sons like um the the Scorpio side will will be fixed in like Scorpio is like fixed and kind of like puts up walls because yeah, there's real sarcasm to hide behind it. There's <laughs> walls. Good Scorpio does not want to be betrayed period. So like there's Scorpios don't trust very easily, but it's because once they let you in, there's real vulnerability and real deep magic there. Aquarius is fixed air. So air is like up in the clouds and Aquarius can be, is like so different than that. Cause it's like detached. It's more like, why are you dwelling in the swamp? Like protecting your like vulnerability, just be open and don't care. Like, just like be like easy breezy, like fuck it. And Aquarius is, I, I think of as just more like detached and um, kind of in their own little world while Scorpio is like, dwelling and and like kind of vindictive and like protecting something really deep and raw and powerful but aquarius is just like who Yo, bro, why do you care about all that shit yeah aquarius yeah. is fucking alien yeah aquarius is up in outer space just like, like they just like they just you like, said, like get, you said like they already creative. have stuff figured out when they got here is what i mean yeah i, I love i mean i love all 12 signs but like, I look at the fixed signs as like defenders too. They're yeah, more de hey, they're more defensive and they defend what they love more. And they do it in a different way based on the element. But yeah. So you guys haven't met Ben yet. They hold their ground, is what I mean by fixed. Met who? 
Ben, my brother, he's our usual co-host. He couldn't make it tonight, but he's not here. You don't know him. You haven't met him. Read Libra for me, and we'll see if this uh, surmises so, Ben. I love Ben because he's an air sign like me, so Ben and I are very similar. I mean, Joe and him are very similar, too, because they grew up together, but Ben and I have very similar uh, thoughts, thought processes, I guess. Yeah, Libra is more, well, like, so Libra is cardinal, so that's the beginning of the season, air, so that kicks off the fall. Fixed signs are always in the middle of the season, like um, Scorpio is the middle of the fall, Aquarius is the middle middle of winter, so um, cardinal, air, wood does, the connection between like Aquarius and Libra is like, Libra can be very detached too, because Libra is just like, let's get along let's let's be harmonious and beautiful let's make it work let's be um a, libra is like two together and an opposite of libra is aries which is like me by myself but libra <laughs> libra is very like diplomatic and um easy it's like easy breezy and aquarius is like fixed but like up in outer space like weird doesn't give a fuck so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking with, with these two signs. <laughs> and they don't, it's not that they aren't friendly. Aquarius is friendly, but they like literally just not phaseable. They're not very phaseable. Yeah. And like, they don't, it's a very, to me, Aquarius is very detached and just like in a bubble of like new possibilities and new ideas and innovations and like quirk. Um, how I look at it too is like Libra is free as in they like they tend to kind of wander that you can't pin them down very well they they don't always they're less likely to fit into like a you know a routine job style situation maybe whereas Aquarius they might do a lot of normie stuff but they're completely free in their mind like you have no idea where they're at in their mind (laughs) they're like totally out there like so they're less feasible because they're always like whatever the situation in life even if they they got a grind, they tend to be just like really mentally free. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, like I'm adaptable zone. as shit, but I pretend that I can do my job as a loan officer assistant, which is. Well, I got the fun sun and moon <laughs> opposites thing with sun and. What are you? Aries. What's your sign? Sun and Aries and Moon in Libra, so they're like the opposites. Full moon. How do you figure out where your moon is because I've done a natal chart. You just have chart, to do your but... natal chart. It tells you. Yeah, I've done yeah. it. I, don't I recommend on the iPhone download this app called Time Passages, and it, you just enter your birth info, and then it shows you like my chart, and you can read everything in your chart, and it'll like give you a paragraph. So like any but type of the app's subjective reading of your chart. Yeah, but like so it's just telling you what the symbols are, and like I said, the symbol any symbol can have like infinite meaning, but um it's a good way to like get familiarized with your chart so hmm. so uh but can yeah. i do a little screen share and just talk some mathy stuff for a minute yeah if i can do it cool <laughs> i've been, been digging into uh, marty lee's book called pie and the english alphabet there's three volumes of it but from the first volume i have a couple of cool screenshots i wanted to discuss like how even though we have a yearly cycle and, you know, vernal equinox has a certain vibe when the sun returns to that spot, but yet different things happen from year to year also. And then there's larger cycles that are 
it's like wheels within wheels, you know, all the planetary movements that Dan was talking about, they're oscillations actually. And when we study frequency and look at how the planets actually map out or trace certain patterns over time in the sky, like the sun creates the analemma, which is the figure eight, which is yeah. why also like probably why in the strength card in the tarot, you have the uh, eighth card being Leo, the lion. Doesn't the moon which is, do that which is the sun. Now the moon has a different oscillation. Oh, I thought it was the moon that did the figure eight. I, maybe it was the sun. I don't know. Yeah, well, the sun does a figure. Both, they both do, but they're not like on top of each other. But oh, the moon has a analemma shape moon too. Passes the path of the sun, and that's like the eclipse point because it's like it's like two hula hoops. You know, if you like stuck two hula hoops together, there would be one point on the top of the hoop where they touched, and one on the bottom of the hoop where they touched. Does that make sense? And like that point is where the eclipses are, but they're both different kind of like figure eight patterns. All I know is it looks like the Meta logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right. So the uh, you know you have Venus creates a five pointed star in the course of its year as in when it comes back to where it started so the sun we have 365 degrees before it comes back to the same place in the ecliptic then the other luminaries they have different levels of time like saturn being 28 and a half roughly which is similar to a moon a month 28 and a half days 20 and a half years for saturn so there's some cool connections there and these patterns if you look at the shapes they do create in the sky with this tracing concept over time it actually reminds one of the different designs you could create on like a frequency spectrum that you digitized and looked at the way the sound waves moved. Like cymatic type shit? Like cymatic type shit. So then like this is me trying to slam dunk us back to sound healing as a concept to connect it bringing to it astrology. Maybe, maybe bringing it back around. But let's talk about, since I brought up Venus and the five-pointed star, let's talk about phi or the golden mean ratio 1.618 there's a here's a screen share so all kinds of things in nature and in life operate based on this golden section this golden rectangle and then how that works is the lot like if you look at the big rectangle this line right here the ratio of uh the big like th this part is like point six one eight i think and then this part is like one and this whole thing is 1.6 or 1.618 this whole long edge and then you can do an like from that cut point you can do another cut right here of the same ratio and then another cut right here of the same ratio and then here and you have this idea of the fibonacci spiral and uh then in nature you have that relationship in your body in all kinds of places there is that one to six point six one eight relationship it's all over the place and whenever you do this as a mathematical sequence to create a similar type of spiral you you actually it's called the fibonacci sequence zero starting at zero then you add one and then zero plus one is one and then one plus one is two and you just keep adding the previous number to the new number one plus two is three Two plus three is five. And so the sequence is zero, one, one, two, three, five, eight, three, 21, 34, 55, 89. 
et cetera, to 144. 144 being an interesting point to stop counting because that's the only Fibonacci number that's also a perfect square, which is 12 by 12. Now, if you use what's called decimal parity reduction, which is where it's just like basic gematria or numerological reduction, the 13 is a one and a three, which becomes a four. The 21 is a two and a one, which becomes a three and et cetera. And that would change the sequence to simplify it to zero, one, one, two, three, five, eight, four, three, seven, one, eight, nine. And what's interesting about this is if you map that out on a circle, you get the three, six, and nine, all the numbers that are divisible by a trinity at the points that would create this six-pointed hexagonal uh, star. They have a lot of different names for this star and is, is you know, associated with nefarious things, but what it is is just a mathematical relationship in nature. And all of these digits after the decimal reduction that go around this wheel, the first 24 numbers of the Fibonacci would add up to, uh, I believe it's 108, right? So after that, what's interesting is that each cycle, every 24 numbers of Fibonacci, if you reduce down to single digits like this and then add those digits up, the first 24 hour cycle is 108. But every cycle after that, every 24 numbers of Fibonacci beyond the first 24 sums to 117. So uh, there's always a nine at the beginning, which is also interesting. And what is important about this is it shows how like there's a 24, a cycle of 24 built into this number that is also the relationship of many different ways that things in nature express themselves. And even though the numbers in the sequence might be different from one group of 24 to the next group of 24, they still add up to the same total, uh, the same wholeness, which is 117 is equaling 9, 1, 1, and 7, and 108 is equaling 9. So that's all the digits covered. It's the divine 9, if you will, which is the, the feminine, 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 right? That's the, the matrix, wow. the physical reality, which is also why Venus, who shapes creates this uh, five-pointed star, which gives us the phi ratio on the arms of the star, is like the goddess uh, Taurus. It's the birth. It's the generative principle. It's love. It's all that. Now, to continue a little further with this, the, uh, the cube has six sides, right? The cube, which is also very like deeply occult concept. And well, the tones that I use in sound healing there are six, they're called solfeggio frequencies. And uh, they have a special relationship in the numbers too, which we could discuss more, but I just wanted to point out that there's this structure of, of six and like the crown, which would be the one above this, the seventh, uh, where it comes back to like, an, like another octave would be, you know, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, I guess it was what you'd give that, but in solfeggio, it's just these six that are considered important. And uh, these have profound effects on the human uh, body, these different tones, and they actually do correspond to different areas of the body or chakra system. And so what we have like with the, the luminaries or the planets are in the sky, an oscillating pattern that reflects these patterns of sound that reflect the patterns of color that reflect the patterns of our organ system and 
you know, even reflect the flow of time in the seasons. So we get this bigger cycle that repeats itself every 24 in the Fibonacci, but then the individual numbers throughout the Fibonacci sequence are still different in each 24 cycle. So we just keep like layering on cycles of nine in a sense, and it's different within the cycle, but it spirals back around to where it began uh, like repeatedly. So it's this constant flow of a, a universe that's constantly changing and never the same, but always returning to where it began, but with a new perspective about where it began. Wow. My brain is numb, dude. <laughs> talking about the Solfeggio frequencies with Ryan recently. People have been talking Ryan a lot from about Dangerous these lately. World. Yeah. How all of them, so uh, of the six, there's one that corresponds to another one. So like 528 is, I mean, I guess you'd have to put it back up, but. Yeah, what do you think of that? 417 and 741, like it's the same numbers, but they're just uh, in a different order on all of them. Yeah, like the when people ask, like, well, how does a, how does the zodiac work if you know it's not aligned with the constellations like the sidereal or whatever? And my answer is literally sacred geometry. Like, what chance chance what you had on like the the screen? I mean, every like everything that we're talking about here is technically sacred geometry. Like. Um, and even like the pattern of Venus in the sky, like you were saying, it makes like a five, it makes like a freaking like sunflower and all of these things in nature, like the geometry of like flowers or like the, all of these things are just part of the natural world, but there is math behind them. And the same thing applies to all the planets. So like, to me, it's just pointing that there is an intelligent designer to all of this or like um, just a creator. And by doing these things and like studying these things, you're basically just trying to get in line with like divine intelligence. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all like harmony and, and perfection. And literally in music, the circle of fifths is like a 12 slotted wheel where you derive scales from and music theory from and there's order and geometry to that. And that's the exact same thing as the freaking Zodiac. So like, and even just the clock on the wall, like the, the layout of day and night here, we have the 24 hours in the day. So it's all number and it's all harmony. And like by studying this stuff, the goal is to be in line with harmony. And when the planets are disharmonious, kind of like a square, which we're talking about, that causes movement forward that causes conflict so like yeah it's all it's yeah we all wouldn't like want to change if everything was comfortable like if cooties didn't happen and everyone got massive red and black pills then how many people would have just been cool to continue being normie until they were in the grave and not really spiritually evolve or advance some people are pissed they didn't get the chance to do that these days <laughs> Do you think we just come from a place where, not to be an Aquarius about this, hmm. but do you think we come from a place where there is no time and there is no order and we just are? And because we're in this world where whoever put us here, you know, put us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that um, that's like yeah, some sort of system. There has to be a system that makes sense. And to trick us into thinking that 
this is the way it always is. But I don't know if time and like linear movement of time is real. I think that's a, a construct. What we're talking about reflects what you're saying that linear movement of time isn't really what's going on in cyclical circular movement of time. Yeah, and it's- No, I don't think there's any of that. In, I think like this, this realm, this realm we're in is contained and the zodiac is this 360 degree all encompassing, all encompassing matrix. And I think when we leave this world, we leave our birth chart and our freaking karma and whatever the fuck we did in this matrix and go back to something more pure. We go home or whatever. But I think the study of astrology is the study of this matrix, because when you come here, you're trapped in a body, you're trapped in a birth chart. It's kind of like you're trapped in this matrix and everything is ticking, 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 boom, one day fate hits you and you have a crazy life event. But that's part of like this realm. So yeah, that's I, fair. Why not? Yeah, I wouldn't I, even I, call it trapped. Are, it's just I like we're here I'm, to grow souls, I think. Yeah, to and develop I think the soul. people say time is uh, like time isn't real, but it's real here. But there is a beyond to this place, you know. But when we're here, you're looking at the stars and being like, "Where the fuck am I in the the larger, I don't know, cycles or whatever?" So, in the bigger picture, I get it. So before we get out of here, though, thank you guys for coming on. By the way, before we get out of here, what do you see in the stars or the tarot cards or your frequencies? Where are we going? It's my final question for almost every guest. Where are we going the next? I'll just actually ask the cards if you want. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Let's do it. do it right now. Live on the air. Live reading. All right. I don't have my I Ching on me, so I'm not going to do that. It's just going to be tarot. Are we talking about a time frame, by the way? Like how far in the future? Uh, I was saying six months to a year, but you can go out as far as your, your psyche wants. Tarot's probably better. Isn't I Ching kind of subjective to what's going on? It's kind of a guess, each one, each throw? Tarot is too. <laughs> oh, okay. Fit. Okay, so start. it's going to start off with uh, like a, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Not it's going to look like we're losing a lot, but we still got what we need. And it's about like facing the opportunity rather than the loss. Because like Dan was saying, a bunch of people, this is five of cups, so this is like, a lot of people also probably through the course of Cootie's land, they lost to their, you know, the people that they were in a relationship with, they didn't jive anymore. That had to end. Um, maybe not even because of Cootie's, but like general, the impetus in life was to, if you were in flow during all this and you saw the writing on the wall, like you got to get disconnected from things that are harmful to you, but there's mourning. So this is like, there's a mourning period to begin as we accept the reality of like, the legit war on our consciousness and the war against the living people of this country from forces that want to go ahead and go full tilt to metaverse enslavement. But like, that doesn't mean we lost everything. The love is still there. So the next step for us is going to be like really diligent application of our, our in intention and energy towards growing. Like this is talking about like grow a food garden, grow, a, make a food forest get like the cups that are spilled some one of those cups is potentially going to be our access to like the old things that we used to eat and the supermarket lifestyle and all that and it might not all go at once but it's trickling and draining away as everything else around it is definitely being you know demoed in a controlled demolition so 
but this is a uh, diligent work maybe even on other crafts besides just growing food but a uh, a relationship towards resources and wealth where we apply ourselves to something that actually will grow and isn't just consumptive but that we're in the process of generating our own wealth and doing that with yeah it will be some hard work but once it's all set up you know then <laughs> Then we'll be like ballin'. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You no, know, we'll be like we'll have our own little kingdom and our own little wealth, and we'll like we have this ability. It'll be more like uh, family units and tribes, probably sustaining ourselves and connect. Like whatever the collapse is, we have everything we need currently to handle that. Just that's what the two of cups. Say what. Oh, say what card that was for our audio listeners. Oh, yeah. So we started five of cups, then seven of discs, then four of pentacles. And then I want to hit it with one more. Like after the king, after we, you know, we get our little fiefdoms of us being our own boss. Then it's a a knight of swords upside down. So in the process that like a lot of the things that we thought we knew about the way life works, what life is, so-called science, all that stuff is uh, turned on its head and it's gonna happen really quickly. We're not going to be able to go back to the old way of looking at things and that's why the world isn't gonna go back to the way it was before either. <laughs> it's definitely like major transformation. This is the the end of the old and coming in due timing. This is the Scorpio card. So this is also the generative principle also it's uh there's that five phi shell venus thing going on there so it's this isn't all doom and gloom but there is going to be like you know the death card by the way for... a lot of death okay. coming <laughs> but death of ideas systems and probably a, a large die-off of human beings seems possible with what's going on in the health but i don't think anybody's guaranteed for any one outcome in that Part of what will change is our relationship to health and the modalities that we will have to develop to assist those that woke up a little late in this nightmare and already got the nanobots injected in them or whatever. But I'll stop there. <laughs> no, no, no. Why are you stopping on the death card? That's crazy. <laughs> the rest is okay. Under- okay. Okay. <laughs> so then we're going to have a, like our, our will is going to direct, uh, direct our intellect more properly. Uh, we're going to have, we're going to have a more balanced approach to knowledge and to communication than, uh, before, because a lot of the noise and the static from this is King of Swords, by the way, is gone from the system in the sense that like the die off of old systems and like actual noisy ass (laughs) energy vampire, annoying people are just not going to be either in our space or possibly on the realm anymore. So. This is us uh, ruling from that lofty throne of seeing a bigger picture in life. So I think it's all good, personally. Love it. I Thank love you. it. No, and that's amazing. We should probably quit while we're ahead on that because that was a great note to end that was on. A good. I just didn't well, want to get Dan's that. thoughts on everything. I just I know, threw some tarot cards. <laughs> throwing it, throwing it over to Dan. What do you see in the stars, buddy? Okay, so I'm gonna. I want to jive off of Chance's reading a little bit. The first card he pulled, the Five of Cups, I definitely see that. That's pouting. 
and being sad and seeing what's been lost, what's been spilled, what like you're just sad because things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. I definitely see that <laughs> happening from basically December, January, February into early March. What's happening in the beginning of 2022 is we were just talking about Venus a lot with the, the five-pointed star. Well, Venus is going retrograde. Retrograde? You froze. It's you froze stay. on Venus retrograde. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you're good now. Jupiter's also going into Pisces in just a minute. So that's yeah, like, that, might make <laughs> that could be that. five of cups too because we're expanding like the the deep unconscious waters that where depression really hangs out can well, you the, explain to me what retrograde means i'm sorry i just i don't sure, know what yeah. retrograde actually basically is. when you're looking at the planets they're always moving through the zodiac um the same way the sun moves through the zodiac um and then certain planets they stop in the sky and then start moving backwards through the zodiac from our point of view on earth that's because from from a globe earth perspective because of the rotation speed when they slow down when they're about to make a turn the earth moves faster and they slow down then it looks like they're going backwards so in the zodiac when you're mapping it venus is moving through capricorn then she stops on top of pluto at 26 degrees capricorn on december 19th and pluto is going pluto is back where it was when the united states formed and that only took like 270 years or whatever it is hmm. So that's a very, the Pluto return of the U.S. is happening. Chicken's coming home to roost for the this uh, winter. U.S. And Venus activates it on December 19th by stationing retrograde on top of Pluto. Then she goes retrograde, Mars enters Capricorn, and then Venus and Mars, like the male and female, are just traveling together all through the winter into the spring. So the U.S. Pluto return is this like thing happening in Capricorn that every like most empires don't last the length of that time. So this is a big full circle of the United States, possibly just like the death card going through Which a is Pluto. earth process. So this winter, you know, I don't want to be a doom and gloom person, but everything is pointing to some type of death and rebirth of the United States as we know it that began in 2008 when it when Pluto entered Capricorn, but then in, fe in like February, March, 2022, it comes to the exact degree. And then it leaves Capricorn and enters Aquarius, uh, literally a new age in 2025. So I, th I think this winter is going to be difficult, possible things with financial collapse or doubt. Like, I, I, I hate to just like be like, oh, like, there's going to be a recession or a collapse or some type of big financial thing, but I'm going to just go out and say that's possible based on the astrology. But then I want to emphasize in April, there's this crazy alignment with like Jupiter and Jupiter in Pisces meets up with Neptune in Pisces. And then there's all these, there's this like crazy alignment at the end of April, which is like really good. It's like Venus, Jupiter and Neptune all in Pisces. And then, so to sum up like my, long form like six months ahead thing because i've been spending time on that i think we are literally going to hit the death card moment this winter people might fucking start dropping like flies someone died at my work today unexpected death um whoa at work not a co-worker but somebody in my workspace died on 
unexpectedly this morning. So like when when you show that card with the five of with the five of cups, like the spilled cups, like people, there's this moment in early March, right around March 3rd, that's super powerful where I think people are just gonna break down and like the, the asleep people might have a harsh awakening. The awake people might like really just have like a breakdown, like how how is no one else awake? But then we're then like from that point for, forward in early March through like May and June, it's gonna be fucking, the stars will align and things will be good in my opinion, or there is gonna be like breakthroughs this spring. But like in this whole thing, this whole freaking psyop and this whole plan, I literally, think that this winter might be like when it really uh goes down i hope i'm wrong i hope we can look back and i was like yeah that was a big nothing burger but i'm just putting out the signals that's the u.s pluto return only happens every 270 years or whatever we have to make note of that and the death card you pulled is totally appropriate because that's what pluto is it's this like far out arconic power thing that's like u.s like USA, like, whoosh, like you're going to have to like die and rebuild yourself, which it's about time. Cause we're really fucked right now. But then yeah, after that winter, like what you were saying chance with like these, the pentacles cards after this winter, there really is going to be an opportunity for all of us like truthers to really fucking make move and challenge the narrative and like come together and spiritual stuff is going to be, happening i wouldn't be surprised if there's some weird alien shit happening in april whether or not it's real i think the the energy points to like this high spiritual thing that may be deceptive because neptune is deceptive but to sum everything up i think it's going to be a hard winter and an amazing spring so just keep that in mind as we go through the way to end one thing i would jive with with what you said from the cards that I think the cards might be reflecting is the four of pentacles that came in here, like with the rebirth of America. I think a big part of that is a financial system reboot. The four is all about foundations. And so this could be indicating that like some kind of massive shift in the way that we're expected to do business and trade, like in the sense of, um, Everything's got to be completely digitized. Everything is like Fed coin, GovCoin, this, you know, crypto mass adoption that's being kind of rushed. And then I see the following card is like about that met, that shift to the metaverse, the attempt to onboard everyone into the next level of <laughs> illusion. I see it failing, actually. And so the death card is part of part of that transition, in my opinion, is like, the failed attempt to rush us all into a completely conceptual realm, like to, you know, etheritize <laughs> humanity's ability to connect and transact with one another. And then the last card being the King of Swords, this is like, this is like the, the high just King right here. This is the fair King that's like wise. And um, this is a very spiritual aspect in the sense, because it's fire element and air element together. So like yeah. uh return of like I look at this as like the potential for the return of the healthy divine masculine on the realm. It like through people like us who are manning the fuck up, hopefully, <laughs> after a lifetime of being 
like our masculinity being constantly assaulted chemically, psychologically, you know, the whole nine. And I, well, and the death card has to do with the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. Meta and death. Maybe, because there's so many coins in your tarot cards too. Like it, my, my, my focus is definitely on the financial situation, possible financial like collapse and reset and Jupiter does not the Bitcoin does not like when Jupiter's in Pisces and that happens at the end of December. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Bitcoin drop. It's already dropping currently. Yeah, I think the but market of this that fall, could also be because of Hanukkah. But but <laughs> Jupiter likes Aquarius, or I'm sorry, Bitcoin likes when Jupiter's in Aquarius. That ends in December. So if there's that drop by the fucking dip in early January, and then I feel like by the time spring rolls around because jupiter will enter aries in um i think may or june but i feel like by that point it'd be a like, good thing i bought that dip um and yeah i just wanted to throw that in there yep it's gonna go up oh weird my my video went off sorry i don't know what yeah, happened. i was like what happened <laughs> sorry we were listening you guys are fun this is a good time I like that. I got. I didn't even know I was with Dantel today either, so that was a good surprise. Oh, I thought I told you that. Sorry. I probably forgot. So. Oh. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, we we'll definitely have to get you guys back on again soon. We appreciate you coming out. We got yeah, uh, kids that are awesome. hungry out there, and I gotta pee and I gotta go to work. So. I know we have to decorate our Christmas tree and still finish dinner. <laughs> Holy shit! That's a lot to do. I know. Sorry, it's pretty early. I'm just gonna here. go color. My, I'm gonna Ooh, just go color my fun. my pictures. <laughs> Dude, I would totally roast a doobie. I'm burning the midnight oil to finish this astrology calendar I'm making, and it's very time consuming. Oh, it's gonna but be so cool. I gotta finish it before 2022. So here I am at my. That's why I'm recording here at my office because I'm like in <laughs> in the zone. Well, yeah, give okay. us your plugs before you head out, though. Uh, Dan, start with you and then kick it over to Chance and tell us, tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, just look up uh, the Cosmic Keys podcast on podcast platforms. And platforms. And that's, that's about it. Chance? Sorry. Yeah, I'm interversepodcast.com. And if Dan wasn't fun, done talking, you know, jump back in after me because you, you kind of cut out. Yeah, you said the Cosmic Keys podcast, and then and then just on podcast platforms and Rockfin Premium. That's all I said. Okay. I don't know what's up with my internet. I'm like, my poor computer has been taking a lot of fucking action. It's all good. It happens, dude. It's all good. It happens. <laughs> Gotta pump been, off. Man. Yeah, it's definitely been fine. It's just a little bit. Anyway, yeah, interversepodcast.com. Uh, you'll find my main show on any RSS feed, but I do prefer the video format. So Rockfin's great for that since they actually, you know, compensate us with video game money. I appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so rockfin.com slash interverse, email me or connect with me on Telegram. I'll drop my Telegram link in the chat also here. That's probably a really good idea. That's my Perfect. favorite way to communicate with the tribe. The interverse Telegram group is just completely lit. Dan needs to make a Telegram uh group already been trying to bug him about that for a long time so this is another bugging you to do that because it's where 
the people are these days. It's like a never ending video live chat. So if you want to yeah. get in touch for divination or sound healing stuff, best way is to either hit me up on telegram or email me. But if you leave like a random comment somewhere, anywhere that you find a profile of mine, I'll hopefully see it, <laughs> but I prefer the email. And yeah, thanks for having me on Joe and Jen. You guys are awesome. I would love to come back. Hell yeah. Can't wait to have you guys on again. You guys make a great duo and we make a great treat. Wait, that's not a trio. That's whatever the fuck this is. Anyway, thanks Watch everybody right. in the chat. Menage uh, quad. Yo, there you go. Uh, audio listeners, rockfin.com slash legit bad if you want to join up in the chat. But thanks, guys. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. <laughs>